Welcome to another episode of Highland Football Weekly. On this week's podcast, we're speaking to a Highlander who's played for both the senior clubs in the area, Ross County and Cali Thistle. He's played in some of the most beautiful parts of the world, including Sweden and Malta, and some not-so-glamorous parts of the world. That includes Dundee. Sorry if there's any Dundonians listening. It's Richie Hart. Richie, uh, good to have you along with me this evening. How are you? Hi, Ian. Yeah, thanks. Uh, very well. Very well. Um, you were saying earlier before we, we started, I'm enjoying some peace and quiet at the moment with the, with the family being away for a couple of days, so it's been good. That's the dream, isn't it? When uh, you get some alone time as a as a, a dad of, uh, well, you've got two young kids there, you know, that's the, the dream when you uh, get uh, some time to yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, uh, you know, you always think, oh, I could do with a, a wee day or a couple of days or whatever to myself and do a few things and then as soon as they leave, you're, you kind of miss having them around, you know, <laughs> they miss the, the, the destruction that they cause when they're around, but uh, aye, I've got a busy, busy week ahead of me with work and stuff anyway, so... Yeah, it'll be nice to get a, get a little break as well. Uh, Richie, we're going to um, look back over your, your career over the next wee while or so, um, because as I mentioned there, you've, you've played in, um, well, you've played for Ross County. Uh, you had two spells at Ross County. You spent a couple of years at Cali Thistle, um, Dundee, and also some time abroad as well. Now, I'll start off by saying that never, ever do your research on Wikipedia because you never, ever played in Saudi Arabia. And I'll be writing to Wikipedia after this to say that uh, to to see that fact it was Sweden, uh, but thank God I checked that before uh, before we start recording. Richie, take us back to 1996. You're in Ross County as a as a youngster. Well, you you break in to the Ross County setup. What was that like breaking through um, at a young age at that time uh, in the late to mid 90s for Ross County? Yeah, it was it was it was really good. Um, I mean, I'd been involved with with football, you know. Right from a young age, and you know it was always in the in the family. My dad, my dad played at you know Iron League, and then later on in his, his career, he was playing for the local teams, Ballantore and Fern and stuff. So I used to I used to go to along to all the training sessions and stuff like that. And, you know, like a big uh, Jim Oliver and that were were there. You know, so we traded in with these these uh, these guys. You know, these older guys when you're only like 13, 14, 15 sort of thing. You know, so. It really did give me a good, good sort of grounding, you know, and joining in in the games w- w- with these ones, and then, you know, I was I was in the sort of squads quite often with with the that teams like the Fern and Ballantore and stuff, um, and then you know various sort of different boys clubs and that, and then obviously got the chance to to go along to uh, to, to Ross County and and signed. Uh, I think it was. S forms or, or something with, with them at the time, um, and and got in a bit with with them, you know. So it was Bobby Wilson was obviously the manager at the at the time there. So a lot of you know Ross County legends uh, there, likes of Robbie Williamson, Gordon Conley, Chrissy Summerpole, uh, Andy McLeod. So you know some fantastic players there for me to to go in at that young age and learn from, you know. The manager that gave you your debut was Neil Cooper, but you know, as it happens, you, you don't just sign in the summer. You you'll have worked your way into you know up the system, and and Bobby would have been someone that, as you say, signed you. And and what a team he had at that that point. He was obviously the the guy who led Ross County into the the senior setups. Um, and then you mentioned some some 
big characters there as well. And I imagine as a, a youngster, these guys might have been intimidating, but you know, knowing the kind of guys that you mentioned there, the the big guys that would have that would have embraced you. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, we had like uh, you know Billy Ferris was was there as well, and Billy was Billy was great with me. They were they were all uh, great, you know, and Bobby as well, you know, because. You know, when you're young and you're coming through and you're doing great and you're scoring lots of goals at that time I was I was a centre forward so um, you know that's what got me through all the time was the fact that I was scoring lots of goals and I was scoring lots of goals in the, in the reserve, reserve team second 11 team or whatever um, but as you say at that time Ross County had a, had a had a great team so it was very difficult to try and break into that team and again I was only 16 at the, at the time, so it was always going to be difficult um, for me. But you know, looking back at it now, it was you know while it was frustrating, you obviously wanted to get into the first team and stuff like that. The grinding that it gave me um, moving forward was 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 great, you know. So ninety six, you make a debut for Ross County, as I mentioned there. Bobby was replaced that summer by Neil Cooper. Uh, Neil Cooper gives you your First team debut. Um, we've had a lot of guys on here talk about Neil Cooper. You know, someone who's very um, sadly missed uh, in the game, but also in life in general. What was uh, Neil Cooper like as a as a youngster, giving you your giving you your first team debut? Well, I, I didn't really know what to expect when Neil first came in, and I remember I was I was injured. Just at the start of the, the, the pre-season and uh, Ross County were actually up in Ballantour um, playing, a, playing, a, playing a friendly and that was the first time I'd actually sort of met Neil and got speaking to him and I, I, was, I had a bit of a knee injury at the time and I remember him coming over to, to speak to me and saying, oh, you know, like asking how the knee was and that and saying, look, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to getting, getting you in and working with you and, and, and pushing you on and stuff like that. And, that, that gave me a huge lift, um, you know, because obviously he, he came with a, a, a bit of a reputation, uh, Neil, as a, as a, as a player. Um, so that, that gave me a that gave me a lift, and then managed to, to get fit for the for the preseason. Um, and again, Neil was was bringing in uh, lots of different players, you know, like Julian Broadle, Nicky Walker, all that kind of guys um, were coming in. So again, it was kind of it was another progression um, from from when Bobby was there, and now you know it was up to me to sort of push. And I knew that there was going to be an opportunity for for me there to, to break into the team. But uh, yeah, Neil was Neil was fantastic, um, great guy to be around. Um, not so great when you were on the on the receiving end of one of his uh, <laughs> one of his outbursts. So that he was just at that time. I mean, I, I think he ended up actually in Rigmore Hospital one time with with his throat and that because he used to oh like screaming and and bawling and just totally going absolutely berserk. I mean, one time he kicked he kicked off at half time. Uh, one game he came in, he slammed the height, kicked it the uh, door handle off he was walking about and he actually kicked he kicked a medical bag I think it was and actually landed on top of Derek Adams' head <laughs> and Derek didn't move and he didn't even he didn't even like 
moves the bag off him. He just sat there with the bag on him. <laughs> <laughs> because because Neil was just in one of that, that ways. I mean, he used to literally go up to boys like half half an inch from their face and just scream at them, you know. Um, so that was... I found that quite difficult because I'd never been experienced to that before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, I can't remember who I made my debut against, but I remember playing, I think it was Montrose at home, and uh, I was starting wide right. And uh, I didn't really do anything in the first half, and I was really nervous. And I don't think I'd been familiar or sort of playing there. Like I say, I'd always been sort of up front or, or whatever at that time. and came in at half time and he, he didn't really go through me he gave, he gave me a wee bit but then he just said I just don't come out for the second half <laughs> so so that was my kind of first experience of you know starting a game uh, and then getting the hook at half time thankfully it never ever happened again to me but um, I that, that, that was something that sort of stuck in my my mind because it was a horrible experience mm-hmm. as, a, as a youngster you know and Plenty of the boys that have been on the shows or other games where they know that it doesn't matter what they do, things just are not happening for them. And, uh, you know, I probably was a little bit nervous and I wasn't really high on sort of self-confidence really mm-hmm. growing up. And, you know, I had all the, you know, I had all the ability and stuff like that, but I didn't, I didn't carry myself that I was, you know, I'd have that sort of belief to go and sort of impose myself on games at that young age and that. So... I think I find it all a bit sort of sort of too much. I don't think mentally I was I was I was ready for it to be to be honest, you know. Now it's funny you mention about rants from managers. We had a, a good friend of yours, Craig Campbell on and he told the story. In fact Robbie Williamson told the, the same story about uh, a coming together they had uh, in a North of Scotland Cup final dressing room at half time. Would there be any guys in that Ross County side that would, you know, dish it back out if if you know when Neil's going Going crazy there. I mean, I, I personally I love hearing when managers go tonto at uh, you know in a dressing room. But would there be any players that would that would give it back? Well, to be honest, I don't ever recall anybody coming back at Neil ever. You know, and he pretty much ran and <laughs> went through everybody at halftime pretty much every game. But <laughs> I never, I never seen anybody ever come back at him. You know, because he was just, uh, he just went into that that zone where he was just nah, you, you were frightened to move you, did, you didn't want to catch his eye you were looking at the floor you made big guys like Mark Harrow and Billy Heard and that you know mm-hmm. and he was just I admit one time he just went through the two of them um, just absolutely abused them at half time you know just verbally just destroyed them you know and I was like how was anybody supposed to go out and perform after that you know um, but that was only one side of Neil. The other side of him was that he was just a great guy to be around on mm-hmm. the training pitch and that. He was just, his training was brilliant, you know, and he was just, I'll always remember him for just, he was just laughing in it, you know, just, he, he, he could make you feel that way where he, he could give you that confidence and he would like to laugh and like a joke and you could talk to him and that, but, um, you know, he did have that side of him where he was just that winner in him, you know, he played mm-hmm. in that obviously that great Aberdeen side and that and he just had that mentality and I think uh, you know for the for a large part he, he he probably did struggle with that side of things in terms of how he actually managed his his, his temper's control, you know, because 
first season 96-97 the, the following season you go on to to play 12 times for the, the club in the in the third division um, and then again play uh, in, uh, a couple of times in 98-99 in the third division as well what were your experiences like as I mentioned you know you you know, you know break into the team in 96 as a youngster your experience says you know late 90s in the third division what was that like? Um, well again it was, uh, this was you know from, from sort of Ballantour, sort of, you know, small seaboard village and that, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was a big deal for me to be sort of part of this at a young age and what I ever wanted to do when, when I left school and right the way through school was to, to be a professional footballer. I'd never actually gone full time with the Broad County, um, but I was training. The way it worked was I was, I was working at the Center and recording it. I was working uh, sort of on the on the nights there, so it was allowing me during the day to go and train. I was I was, I was training more or less full time with them, but I wasn't getting paid as a as a full time. But I knew that that was that was that was helping me, you know. And I was hoping at some point that you know I would get uh, taken on. I think the first sort of batch of boys that got taken on full time was like Fergie, Kenny Gilbert, mm-hmm. Jenny Farrell. And that sort of boy. So we were I was going in and training with uh, with them during the day. So again, it was all all good experience, and it was one of them where you were you were kind of maybe in squads one week, and then you were maybe the fifteenth just travelling in the squad, but then you were fifteenth man and sitting in the stand for the next game, and then you maybe back in on the bench and stuff. So I found it quite hard because I was so used to. I was at that age where I just wanted to play play games on a Saturday, you know, trained yep. all week and I think uh, the sort of best moment for me was, was I think we were it was down in Forfar, I think we were playing and I came on as a sub and uh, just sort of last 15, 20 minutes of the game it was, it was nil-nil and I managed to score, I think it was my first goal for them uh, in the 90th minute I think Billy Ferris actually crossed in and uh, Managed to slide, slide one in past the past the keeper, and it was, you know, it was an amazing experience um, at that age. We've still been relatively young, and the the buzz was not only the win, but forgetting the win bonus as well. You know, <laughs> which probably wasn't really that much, but the fact that you know you'd you scored the goal, it got all the boys there. I don't know what it would have been at the time, eighty. 90 quid maybe I don't even know if it was as much of that bonus everybody was everybody was buzzing and it was just uh, it was a great a really great feeling um, but you know again it was it was kind of sort of in and out and, and not really playing as regularly as I wanted to but again looking back now you know I was you know I was probably in the right place but you know 
when you just want to go and play football, that's mm-hmm. when you end up getting frustrated and think, you know, I want to be playing. You're not really seeing the sort of bigger picture, and I think that's what I sort of struggled with at that time. So is that the the reason behind um, leaving Ross County in '99? You you moved to Brora. Um, the main reason behind you know wanting to play football, but you mentioned there you were you were still obviously part time, so you know you had to still earn a living as well outside of football. Yeah, well, I mean, again, the, the thing came up. I just wanted to go out and play football, and uh, by this point, Andy McLeod had been away from from uh, County uh, and was at Brora. And they were trying to get me a loan, and I says to, to uh, County, you know, I says, yeah, I, will, I want to go out on loan and play some games. So they let me go and uh, went up to Brora. And uh, it was brilliant, you know, because um, it was uh, playing regularly in that time. And the Highland League at that time was, was a very, very competitive league, lots mm-hmm. of good players. Um, Brora were obviously... You know, not one of the, the the top teams at that time, but there was a lot of people there that I knew, um, and you know, they kind of gave me that feeling that you know they were they, you know they were delighted to have me, and and you know I'd make such a big difference to the team, and you know there's some great characters in that team as well. You know, John Suter, Stephen Curry, uh, Big Donald Allen, Jockey Mackay, you know, guys that played in the league for years. Um, and I absolutely loved it, and it it brought me on on to another level, you know, because at that time I was still sort of a striker. Um, but then they dropped me back into into midfield, and that's where I felt it was a bit of a, a bit of a turning point for me because um, I absolutely loved it, uh, and I was getting more involved in games, and I was still getting amongst the goals and that, but. Uh, I just felt a lot more involved in games, so that that was a that was a big a big turning point for me going going there, and then obviously I went back and enjoyed it that much, and said, look, I just want to go and, and sign for Brona now. And the idea was at that time that you know as long as I was enjoying pl- football and playing well, I still believed that eventually I would I would get back up to playing full time because I had the trials with Aberdeen and Hibs and all that when I was younger, but okay. there was always some kind of thing that would happen or some kind of excuse or with Aberdeen it was, you know, I did really well, scored in a game down there, uh, everything felt great, thought I was sure I was going to get signed and then, you know, I was too old for the under-18s but I was going to be too young for the reserves and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so it was just it was things like that over the years and I just was like, I just want to play football and if I'm doing well um, you know, maybe something will happen, um, and and that was that was the, the whole reason for, for going to 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 grow that. It's we've something we've talked about with many guests now about the fact we had you know recently Mark McCulloch who uh, made his name in, in the Highland League you know as a as a youngster and then went to Dunfermline and back to Cali and County etc. And even when you were talking there about you know loan spells at at Highland League clubs. You know, I think the one of the the biggest examples in the last couple of years, Graham Shinney, for example, loaned out at Cali Thistle, went to Forest, and then you know really got some game time under his belt, and he's never looked back since. It's a really kind of good example, I think, of you know getting out there and playing football. But you know that that couple of years there at Brora, I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head there. You just wanted to to play football. I mean, no disrespect to to Brora at that time, but they they weren't the the champions that they are nowadays. I mean, Broda in the last couple of years have now, you know, turned themselves into the one, the, the one of the the leagues 
biggest clubs, but for you, you know, it didn't matter, I suppose, where you were playing your football, you just wanted to play every week? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I just wanted to go out and enjoy my football. Like I say, I knew quite a lot of the, the, the guys that were, were there in that broader. Obviously, I knew Andy from a time at Ross County and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was just, you know, when you're enjoying your football, even at any level, uh, it makes a huge difference uh, to you. And you know, when you're training all week, and that all you want to do is is play a, play a game on a Saturday, you know, and that's you know football was all I thought about it from you know the moment I was I was I was uh, big enough to, to kick a football. That was that was all that was in my head uh, growing up. It's just what I just wanted to play play football. You know, that's what, I left school. Not really, no. I didn't have no interest in going to university or anything like that. I mm-hmm. just wanted to. Uh, to get to play uh, full-time football um, and it never worked out originally um, when I left school and stuff but I just I, I, it was just something that was always there that I was determined that I was going to I was going to get there um, even if it did mean sort of like I say trying to take a step back to to move forward again and you do move forward because in 2002 you mentioned there you know um, trials at, at big clubs but um, a big club in the area or a, a side or a club certainly going places, Cali Thistle signed you in 2002 and it was a guy who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, Steve Patterson who who, who brings you in at Cali Thistle um, talk to us about signing for Cali uh, and then also working with uh, Pelly. Well just um, at, at that time when I was at Brora Billy Ferris and, and, and uh, Big Hertie again, somebody mm-hmm. else who's mm-hmm. who sadly, sadly missed. Um, they were they were manager, assistant manager, role at the time, and uh, we had a great spell uh, playing there with them. Uh, I mean, Hertie, Hertie was fantastic for me to play off as a as a as a mid, uh, midfielder running through, you know, because the ball just got played up to him, and it, you know, the, the ball just stuck to him, you know, and he was great for me to play off. So. We had a, a really good spell. I think we ended up finishing sort of quite high up in the league. But Billy had always been keen to to push me on and 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 uh, said, you know, like keep playing the way you're going. You'll you'll get a move and stuff like that. And I got into that um, select team, the, the Scotland amateur team as well. We yep. had a tournament uh, down south. I did really well um, in that that tournament um, as well. And I think Billy obviously knew Kelly really well. Um, and I'd been speaking to Pelly on, on, on quite a sort of regular basis about me and then I'd actually been up I was in college actually up in Thurzo um, I was in a decommissioning course uh, to go and work at Dune Ray okay. and uh, I'd actually just just received word that I'd got a job I'd got a job there I went, went for an interview offered a job uh, an engineering job with a company up there and literally, the next day, um, Billy had gone to me saying that Pally were wanting to, to sign me. So he came down to my house and told me what they were offering. And it was a two-year deal. I think it was about 300, 300 a week or so. Now. And I was like, yeah, I'm signing. That's it. So I just phoned the company, come back up and said, listen, I'm not, I'm not taking the job. And that was it. And uh, it went through. Uh, and uh, met Pelly for the for the first time, and uh, and and Duncan Shearer was obviously there at the, the time. Of course, yeah. Um, 
Roy, had, there was a sort of last sort of minute uh, effort from from Roy and Neil at County to try and bring me back there once I think probably once they heard that Cali were <laughs> were interested. But you know, I was my mind was made up, and like I say, after you know, I, I, I had a lot of trust in, in Billy, somebody I knew for you know a, a long time, and I knew the relationship you had with Pelly and. I kind of knew some of the other guys that were at Cali at the time, and they spoke really highly of of Pelly. So that was it. My mind was made up, and uh, I signed for them. And uh, I was there. The rest was rest was history. Really, it was uh, it was just a great. The, the first couple of seasons were just fantastic. Um, I think it took me a little bit of time to sort of settle in. Um, Settle in because again, you know, you're going into that environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's experienced a little bit uh, when I was younger with with county, but it's almost a, an intimidating place to, to go into a new dressing room. Even if you do know um, a couple of the players there, and uh, obviously coming from the Highland League to the first division, there was a lot of doubts and started going into my mind. You know, like you know am I good enough to play at this level and mm-hmm. you know what are my teammates going to be thinking of me you know we've just signed a guy from the Highland League and so I think for the, the first sort of few weeks I, I struggled a wee bit in terms of not in terms of like fitness wise because I made sure when I went in for that pre-season at Cali I was absolutely flying um, and you know that wasn't a, wasn't an issue at all um, but just training and the expectation of you know like likes a big bobby and that and, you know because i remember when i went on trial uh with cali i had a, I had a week with him mm-hmm. and big bobby was like nicest guy you know really great to me you know looked after me when i was there and training and that and then obviously came back and signed and then I think one of my first or second training sessions he just absolutely destroyed me in a in a training game you know and I just cracked and the both of us were just like you know shouting and swearing at each other and what have you but I bit back because just because he was shouting at me not because you know I was understanding of what he was telling me and Mm -hmm. I just heard somebody shouting and getting on me and I didn't like it and I just went back to him and I remember I think it was Duncan sort of pulled us both to the side and was just trying to sort of explain the situation and what we're expecting and all that kind of stuff. And so it did. It, t- it took a little bit of time to for me to sort of get that confidence that I was that I was good enough to be there mm-hmm. uh, and just sort of in general to fit in. I think I was on the bench for the first sort of few games of this the season. Um, I was sort of coming on and then. Trying to remember, remember here, but I think my first start for Cali might have been against Ross County um, in a home game, and just typical Kelly. So I hadn't trained all week. Uh, I'd been off, um, was ill with cold or flu or whatever it was. I hadn't trained all week, and he phoned me on Friday and said. Um, how are you feeling? And I was like, well, I says, to be honest with you, I said, no feeling great. I says, I've hardly moved in days, you know, I was struggling, I was feeling weak, and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, all right, he says, just because, uh, you know, I'm thinking about starting you tomorrow. 
And I was like, all right. I says, well, I says, well, great. I says, but honestly, I says, I'm, I'm struggling. And he was like, right, well, it's just long at the stadium tomorrow anyway for like normal time or whatever. And then we'll see how you're feeling then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have a chat. So I was like, right, I'm fine. So I, I just kind of had it in my head that, you know, I wasn't wasn't going to be able to play or whatever. A push, I might have went for it. Know, went on the bench or whatever. So we got to the stadium. Um, nothing, nothing was said. Walking about, because obviously you're there, obviously in plenty of time. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. into the changing room, um, just as Pelly's like, about to start his team talk, names the team, and I'm starting. And uh, <laughs> I was like, all right, okay, so it's, I just couldn't. You know, like managers, I, I, I don't know if they would do something like that these days, do you know what I mean? Because uh-huh, uh-huh. everybody's like, you know, they want everybody to be 100% fit. And, you know, you, you know, I know some managers have asked, oh, if you didn't train on a Friday, you know, then you weren't going to be fit enough to play on a Saturday type of thing, you mm-hmm. know. So this was kind of, you know, way out of left field. This, I was like, all oh, right, okay. So, like I say, he didn't mention anything to me. He didn't ask me how I was feeling. Was that okay to play? Nothing, just named the team, and that was it, started, so, um, as it turned out, uh, we won the game quite comfortably, I think Dennis scored, I, think, I can't remember, it was 2-0 or something we won, but, you know, yeah, Dennis, Dennis played, Wynas. I played, uh, played, uh, uh, I played really well, in fact, I think I might have actually got man of the match as well, and I think Sweet we lost so. maybe about 70, 75, 80 minutes maybe, um, and then that, from then on, it was kind of like, a mainstay in the in the team mm-hmm. uh, last season. I think we went out the following week. I mean, a really good win down there. I think that's when I scored my first goal yeah. um, for Cali. One of the nicer ones, just a wee one-yard tapping. But <laughs> okay, uh, I remember the I remember the feeling uh, of getting that goal. Uh, celebration was probably a little bit over the top at the time, but uh, <laughs> it was just. Uh, it was just Fantastic! It was a, it was almost like a release for me, you know. That it was like I was I've played last week, done well, I scored this week, so the confidence was kind of building week on week, and then you know I could see that players were starting to see what appreciate what I was bringing to the team, you know, driving runs forward, and obviously playing playing off it off it. I think that season, Dennis, Dennis got his move to Hearts. End of that that first season there, he went on to to, to move to Hearts, which was, uh, I'm sure, no big surprise to to everyone that played alongside Dennis and, and certainly watched him. That season, though, Pelly leaves a couple of months in. John Robertson comes in to replace him, but for you, was that a, a you know a um, a disappointing factor given the fact that you only had a couple of months working with uh, or working under Steve Parson?
giving you that little bit of belief uh, to go out and, 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 and do your thing. I mean, he didn't really go into too much in terms of tactics or whatever. You know, we had, obviously we had a, we had a great side um, and the team sort of more or less was picking itself and maybe wasn't an awful lot to say, but, you know, training didn't change the same every week, with the same stuff every week. Um, but he was just, for me, he was brilliant because obviously he gave me my chance. He did take a bit of that's on me and I think uh, I think it was, was about five grand or something they paid in total for me and uh, I think Kelly actually had a quote in the paper some uh, I think it was, uh, it was the best value sign he'd, he'd, he'd ever made you know oh, okay. so, um, so it, you know it was it was great to hear that and like I say the confidence that he gave me so I was Whilst I was delighted for him to get his move because you know he deserved it, I was I was disappointed, and then you're sort of thinking, oh, you know, like new manager coming in, is he going to like me? Is you know, are things going to change? So you know, that was all sort of playing in the in, in the back of my mind when when Robbo was coming in. Mm-hmm. You finished that season with with eight goals in your, in your first season from making that jump from Highland League to then First Division, but the following season is. The dream season, isn't it? The, the club finished the season with a ball. Uh, you win the Challenge Cup, which um, started to kind of run, if you like. That gave the, the team momentum to then kick on. And then from the Challenge Cup, winning the Challenge Cup, you eventually seal the the title on on a dramatic last day. Uh, we talked to Barry Wilson, who you know, in episode one, who, who nailed that penalty to help the help the club on their way. That, that season, talk to us about that season because that was quite an incredible season for the club. Aye, uh, yeah, that, that was obviously that was my, my best uh, and most memorable uh, season in football. That, um, and obviously, Robbo came in and you know, with Barry back, and then he took David Bingham in, and, um, and, and Bingham was brilliant because he just, he just took us up another sort of notch with his ability and you know. How he how he made others play around him. Um, he, he was kind of similar in terms of of what he brought to the sort of forward line for me and like like Dennis, you know, in terms of holding the ball up, bringing boys into play. He was such a clever footballer. Um, he was also one of the moniest guys in football as well. So he was uh, he was in a, we had a, we had a team we had a team full of them, but you know they were all all. Uh, all winners, but mm-hmm. by that season, um, because I think Clyde, Clyde looked like they were in sort of pole position for sort of most of the way, and then obviously we went down to Clyde, which was never ever enjoyed uh, going to Clyde uh, to play. It just it was a bit of a bogey team, and we never ever really played that well down there. It was always a struggle and a real battle. They had a, they had a good side uh, at the time, so. But we went down there and won that game. Um, it was just I, I I kind of knew then that that was it. But I knew that there was no way we would, that we would get beat um, the following Saturday. I knew that we would take care of um, St Johnston, um, and, and and that's how it, and that's how it panned out. But yeah, that that whole season was just uh, amazing. Some of the some of the football that we we played was brilliant, you know, in a, in a, in a tough league, really tough league. Up. 
So yeah, it's, it's just just a fantastic, uh, fantastic period for the club. For yourself, you know, to end that season with with the title, having played, you know, a pivotal part and and getting the club to the to the title as well. But you mentioned there, you know, what two years oh, two years ago you're playing for Brora in the Highland League, and there you are, you know, winning the the, the championship title and about to to, to take. Take your place in a Cali Thistle side in the Premiership. That must have been a, you know, a, a bit of a special moment for you. Not long after I joined Cali, you know, we had a great spell under Pelly and that. And then I remember we drew Celtic in the, the CIS Cup mm-hmm. uh, down at Parkhead. And uh, you know, again, it was like you know, you've gone from playing at Dungeon Park and then you're down to to playing at Parkhead in front of. It. You know, fifty odd thousand people or whatever, you know. So it was, it was a huge leap, and it was another sort of step for me to say, all right, you know, how are you going to cope playing at, at this sort of uh, level? And we actually did pretty well in the in the game, although, although we got beat. Um, I think we scored first actually, um, or we equalised anyway. I think Paul equalised, um, but we did. We we we, we held ourselves uh, together pretty well down there. Again, it just gave me that confidence, uh, you know, that to go down there and play at Sitlick Park at, at that sort of level. And I knew, I, I was never one, I never really got nervous before games, but it was more just, always had a little bit of doubt, you know, was I good enough to actually be at that level? Um, and like I say, it was, it was never a, I was never nervous or, or a fear, but it was just in my own self, it was more good enough to, to sort of play at that level um, mm-hmm. to go on then and then win the league win the cup um, we also knocked Celtic out of the the in the quarter final and again that was that was another amazing uh, experience I think Celtic just knocked out Liverpool I think That's right, on, yeah. their, That's right. on their way to the UEFA Cup so they, they obviously they changed the team a little bit slightly maybe underestimating us but you know, I still look back at that game, and you know, they still had your hearts and Lennon, uh, Larson came on. Um, so they, you know, they still had a strong, strong squad. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong, we went under Kosh for for most of the game, but um, we, we we played exceptionally well. Um, and you know, it's one of the games that doesn't get mentioned as much as the as yep, the, you're as right, the yeah. famous the famous one, but. You know, for me, it was it was a it was a fantastic uh, result, and again another another um, step in the, in the in the right direction for the club, and you know for where we were trying to get to, and the team that Robo was was putting together. It's funny because Pelly mentioned that a few weeks ago. He doesn't think that the the win over Celtic was as big a shock as everyone makes it out, and I think that that one you mentioned there, the the, the two thousand and um, uh, four game. I mean, Celtic arguably had a better team than the night in 2000. So it's, you know, swings and roundabouts. But you, you go from playing Celtic there in the Cups to then playing Celtic a couple of times a season because you move into the Premiership. That first season, you make 40 appearances for Cali Thistle in the, in the debut season in, in the top flight. What's, what's your experiences of, of playing top flight football for Cali Thistle? Because you were there for a couple of years more. You, you left the club in 2008 and you had you know four years there of of playing top flight football what do you uh, look back on and, and and your experiences with Cali in the top flight 
Um, well, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a superb um, experience. Um, I actually remember the first because obviously we had to go down to to, to play our games at uh, Pitondry, mm-hmm. um, which you know nobody really knew how that was how that was going to go. And I think our first game of the season was against Celtic um, at, at, at Pitondry, and it was actually it was uh, it was a day after. Uh, sister's wedding and originally I thought that it was going to be on the same day um, so I was in a bit of a car so I sort of said to my sister you know I was like well you know if the game's on your wedding day I can't really miss it you know what I mean because mm-hmm. it's so but fortunately it was it was the next day and I actually travelled down the night before Rob will, Rob will let me obviously go to the wedding and stuff and then I had to travel down that same night uh, down to stay at the, the hotel in Inverurie and then started to Started the game uh, the next day, but obviously we had we had a tough start uh, to the to the Premier League, and you know, I think Pope mentioned it in his one. You know, we were we were written off early. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was kind of up against us. Um, didn't look that you know we were going to do anything, but you know we knew that the squad that we had, you know, there was a real sort of togetherness. Uh, nobody was on, you know. Everybody was pretty much on a par in terms of money and stuff like that. So everybody wanted to play. You needed to play, you know, to get your bonuses and stuff like that. So you know, training, the intensity of training was was always high. And players, you know, you you needed to be in that team. You couldn't just say, ah, well, I'm not really bothered if I'm if I'm in the in the team this week or not because I'm still getting X amount of money. It was never like that. Mm-hmm. Um, with a good competitive squad. Um, you know, so didn't take it for granted that you know you were in there and, and starting and playing games. Um, took us a bit of time to find our feet, but we did eventually. Like I say, you know, travelling, travelling up and down that road to play at Kentucky sometimes was really hard going. Uh, you know, sometimes it was felt like there was about three fans there. You know, um, and then other times it was great. You know, I think we played Aberdeen on a Boxing Day, and it was like almost like a full house. And, mm-hmm. You know, obviously when Celtic were there, Rangers were there. Just and in, in the clubs, um, me and uh, Liam Keogh talk about this quite a lot. That the the clubs at that time, you know, like Hibs, Hearts, Rangers, they were all really, really strong teams. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you know, it was it was tough for us. Um, but you know, Rob Rob kept us going. Um, he had, he had the belief that we would get out of it and I think we were still bottom of the league at right about Christmas time and I think it was after Christmas time we started sort of chipping away and then we, we, we managed to I mean the, the goal was obviously just to stay in the league that year um, and we did that um, and that, you know taking everything into account I think that was a f- unbelievable achievement to be honest with you mm-hmm. I think you're right and I think I've, I've said this before but you know the, the the slow start to life in the Premiership. Now you you leave in two thousand and eight, and that season two thousand and nine is the season that that Cali Thistle get relegated. But you know for for four seasons the club, correct me if I'm wrong, but they never kind of they never well in, in my opinion they never flirted with relegation. They were always, you know, striving for mid table. That must have been quite a, a proud achievement as well, given the fact that you know as as Ross totally touched on you were. You know, you're written off at the very start by, by journalists in the central belt. But that group of players, it was a kind of core group of players over that number of years, 
you know, went on to to really make the club a a mainstay in the top flight. Yeah, uh, well, that, that's it. I mean, we we've talked about it. everybody is kind of uh, was in that team. We talk about the the togetherness we had, and we and we did always feel that you know we knew teams didn't like coming up to Cali to play us. You know, especially like the Hibs and that. We knew every time that they came up there, they didn't fancy coming up to play us. Um, and you know we could we could take something from that. But even you know I think the season after uh, when Craig uh, came in, you know we went on an unbelievable run, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like in terms of away performances. I think we almost went a calendar year without getting beat away from home, and that was including like you know getting results at Ibrox and and stuff like that. You know, so and I think we've got a result at Ibrox one time. We went down to ten men after a bit. 10 minutes and mm-hmm. we managed to get a draw out of it so um, but we just we had that sort of fight spirit and um, like I say we knew that the teams didn't particularly like us being in the league didn't particularly like coming up to play us um, but we all kind of fought for each other like I say we weren't on we weren't on huge huge salaries you know what I mean we were, I was laughing I think there was a story at Charlie uh, Christy was telling me one time we played Rangers at Ibrox when Paul Le Guin was the manager and Graham Bain was playing up front and uh, after the game I think we got a, I think we got a draw or whatever out of the game and Charlie was in seeing Paul Le Guin after the game and Paul Le Guin was going on about to Charlie about Bain he said oh you're striking you know he does this and he said oh it's full of running and you know because Bain he was playing up top by himself would run mm-hmm. all day and run through a brick wall for you you know and and uh, and then he must have said to Charlie about, you know, how much is, how much a striker like that costs you, you know? <laughs> and when Charlie told him what, what Bainey was on, I think Paul Aguain spat his wine out all over the floor. Um, just couldn't believe that, you know, we had, play, they had players playing at that level for that sort of amount of money. Um, but yet, just went out and gave absolutely everything, you know? Um and I think that was testament, like say to the guys, not because you know we were, you know, you wanted to be in the team to get your bonus because that bumped your wages up and stuff like that. There was nobody on on, on silly money. Nobody could relax and say I, I don't fancy it today or whatever. You know, you wanted to be in that team, winning, getting your draw bonus, appearance bonus, whatever, to try and get your money up. And that definitely, definitely helped us as a as a team. Um, and, and, and why we had so much success. That's, that, I really believe that, you know. So your time at Cali comes to an end. You had six years at Cali in the summer of 2008. Um, I want to get your, your thoughts on, on leaving Cali Thistle, but then you you, you, you crossed the Keswick Bridge. Um, I've spoken and used this metaphor many times with many players, um, but that you know you obviously go across the Keswick Bridge and, and you sign for County. But first of all, how, how did it come about leaving Cali and then, then joining County, how did that come about? Well, I'd say it's, that, that was the season, like you say, where the, you know, the, the club were sort of struggling a wee bit. And I'd spoken to Craig, and, and Craig was like, uh, you know, I'd, I'd had an offer. I was obviously free to, to, to speak to clubs, and I'd had an offer from Moss County. And Craig had said, you know, I can't, can't really get a, a deal. We have to wait and see what's going to happen and stuff like that. And, you know, at that stage of my career, I was like, I don't, I couldn't really wait to see mm-hmm. what was going to happen. I had a, I had a deal on the table, and you know, it's sort of been 
in and out of the, the, the team and then I just I, th- I felt like it was time for a fresh challenge you know I'd, I'd had opportunities when I was at Cali to leave and didn't um, because you know I was happy there I was enjoying it um, and, and, I, and I liked being there and uh, I just thought now that that was the time uh, Ross King had a, a, a really good squad at the time I thought um, a lot of good sort of uh, young players um, and I thought it was a squad that I could, I could fit into and thought could could help to, to try and get them up the league and, and, and maybe get them promoted as well. Um, so that, that was a, that was the main uh, main thing for going. I wasn't bothered about you know going over to Ross County because I say I'd been been in County before over at Cali. Mm-hmm. I was going back to County. You know players have done it many times over the over the years. Um, it's just a natural thing if you. Players are up here settled in the in, in the area, and they go from one club to another. That's just what's what happens. So, um, so that was it. So I decided to to, to go and leave and, uh, and and sign for for Derek, uh, who obviously was a was an ex teammate of mine as well mm-hmm. uh, many years ago uh, at County. It's something that well, I've never really had the opportunity to speak to someone about this um, because it's a strange situation. You mentioned Craig Brewster there; he was a manager. Inverness Cali Thistle and you leave to join Ross County and then a couple of months later he's a teammate of yours because Ross County signed him um, as, as a player when he left Inverness which I thought was a very shrewd move at the time uh, from Derek Adams and uh, he went on to score some fantastic goals was that a, a kind of well you'd obviously played with Craig Brewster because he was player manager but was that a kind of strange experience you know when you you leave one club and you're you know with your manager and you, you, you join another club and then your former manager turns up as a as a colleague, <laughs> it was it was strange. It's uh, I mean, you know, I always got on really well with with uh, with Craig, and um, you know, some some people didn't, um, and you know, everybody knows how he was in terms of the fitness things and all that kind of stuff, and his his expectations. But I didn't mind that, you know, I, that 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 side of things didn't bother me at all. Um, and obviously, he had great success as a manager in his first spell, and, and it didn't really work out for him um, in, his, in his second spell. But uh, it was really interesting because I wasn't sure Craig was very uh, OTD, you know. He, he was always, you know, if Malky would go and put out some cones for a training session, he would just literally lay them out, and then Craig would be behind him two seconds later, just slightly adjusting them and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, he was very, and, and Derek was exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So I was really unsure about how that relationship was going to work between the two of them. Um, and, you know, obviously, you Craig, the player, I was like unbelievable uh, um, striker, one, you know, one of the best finishers I've seen. Um, yeah, just, just a great, great player. Um, so I wasn't sure how he was going to fit into being an assistant, but. I think the boys took him, took him really well, and I, I didn't really find it that strange, uh, to be honest. In fact, I think Craig was actually a better assistant than he was as a manager. Mm-hmm. I think he had that sort of release of pressure, and he was still training and still, still sort of playing, obviously as well. So he was a he was a teammate effectively as well. So, um, but I just thought that that suited him. Um, better um, to his sort of personality 
personality, you know. Because uh, I think as a manager, sometimes people didn't really know how to respond to him and mm-hmm. his sort of methods and, and, and things like that. I mean, I mean we went to, uh, we went to, he took us to Denmark for a trip. I think Toast had mentioned, obviously, the, the, the story about the, the, the trainers mm-hmm. and the kit that we all got. Um, so we, we got there, we were staying, at, I think it was FC Northland, it was a place called Farham Park, it was a great place. Um, so we, we, we trained all week and like Craig's you know, training was, was tough going but we were really fit and, and Craig's pre-season was probably the most enjoyable I've ever done, you know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. we weren't going around tracks and all this kind of stuff and, you know, running till we're spewing, it was, he was quite scientific in his approach at the time, you know, we were using heart rate monitors and all that kind of stuff which nobody was really sort of doing at that time and so we were really fit so it was coming to the end of the week and then Craig was like, oh, on Saturday night after the game, um, he says you can go into, uh, we're, we're going to take a trip into Copenhagen and you can go for a few beers. So boys were like, oh, brilliant, that sounds excellent. So finished the game, but Copenhagen was about an hour and a bit, at least, on the coach. Mm-hmm. But by the time we sort of got into Copenhagen, it was nearly like, I don't know, half seven, eight o'clock anyway, maybe even later. And then, uh, by the time we'd actually found somewhere to go and sit and have a couple of pints or whatever, um, you know, Craig was wanting us back on the bus at 11. So <laughs> there was a few, we were all sort of in the squad sitting at this bar and we were trying to text Malky and say, look, Malky, you know, can we just stay out a bit longer and all that kind of stuff? But we weren't really giving, getting any feedback of that. And what happened, you say, no, just better make sure you're back on the bus and that, you know, so couple more pints and then that was it I was like nah I'm not going back in the bus and then <laughs> Roy McBain was like nah I'm not going back either <laughs> so well, Russell Duncan he was like nah I'm not going back either Brian Prunty nah not going back either um, I can't remember who else was it oh Big Hizzy <laughs> so right not going back so the five of us stayed out um, <laughs> so the rest of the boys by the time you know obviously we, we were we were we were pretty well on by then. So the rest of the boys head off and go back to the bus because likes a golly and I he'd have loved to have stayed out, but he was captain, you know, and he was like, Oh, I said I better go back, you know, so that was like fine. So they were all back in the bus and <laughs> they were actually phoning us from the bus saying, Boys, I think he's got away with it. I don't even think he's noticed that he's not on the bus. So we were like thinking, Oh, brilliant. But obviously definitely with a clock that we were not on the bus, you know. So we stay out. And then, oh, it must have been just back at one in the morning or whatever anyway. So we decided to get a taxi back uh, to the place, um, the five of us. In fact, I think Brian Prunty went a bit earlier um, by himself. So we headed back and we phoned the boys, Granny and uh, Big Granny and Golly's phoning saying, listen, when you get into the, into the place, he says, don't go into the main entrance because the gaffer and Malky and Doc and all that are sitting down there having a few beers and they'll catch you coming in. He says, so when you get in, he says, just give us a phone and we'll pull you up from the balcony on the, with the bed sheets. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, sure enough, we got there, phoned them. They were like, one floor up or whatever. So mm-hmm. then the phone granny next minute, the sheet comes over the balcony. So like, obviously blazing drunk as well. And I'm like trying to, hang on to this sheet and they're <laughs> oh 
and go out here and try to pull us up, and I was just like a dead weight. I couldn't stop laughing, you know. It was just, it was hilarious, and then we eventually got us into the room, uh, all of us in. So that was fine, and then I was like, off to bed. Next morning, up for training, the head was pounding. Um, so I remember it was that we were just going out for uh, for the training session, and I was at the the water station in the in the hotel, but. And Malky came up to me, Malky Thompson, and he was like, uh, he says, oh, how did, uh, how did last night go? And I was like, oh, it was good, darling. It was, it was good night, like, you know. And he was like, oh, you should have just, uh, you should have just stayed out, you know. I was like, he doesn't know. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you should have just stayed out. And I was like, oh, well, we did contemplate, you know, but oh, we thought we'd better just get back, you know. So I'm thinking, oh, brilliant, got away with it. So then we would go out and just, I think it was just before we started training, we did a warm up and that, and then Kate calls us in. Everybody's sitting in the circle on the ground, so he was like talking about the game and that, and then he was like, so then after that, he says, um, you know, because you've had a good week and that, I decided to, you know, let you go for a few beers and that in the, on the Saturday night, he says, but uh, unfortunately, some of you took it too far. And then he rhymed off <laughs> the name is me, Hizzy, Roy McBain, Peds. Then he says, Titties are all fined a week's wages. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> and Roy McBain said, Aye, it was. I had a fucking brilliant night. <laughs> <laughs> but there were, that was a point in Craig's tenure that things were starting to get a little bit, you know. People were getting fed up with some of the things that he was doing, and you know that the sort of grown guys. I know things obviously can get a bit out of hand in that when you're the season trips and all that kind of stuff. But mm. you know, we'd worked hard all week, and Dom was looked at it as like you know, sort of team team bonding type thing. You know, at the end of the end of the week, our work was kind of done, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Craig didn't really. I think that the following year, I think when he was out there with Dundee United, I think he just let them let them go off mm-hmm. for the Saturday night because I think he kind of learnt the the lesson from from that, you know. But <laughs> it was, uh, uh, it was it was a, it was a strange time, and that's why I think that you know there were certain things like that that Craig didn't really handle particularly well. Uh, not saying that we, that, you know, we were in the right for for, for, for staying out and, yeah. and and what have you, but just you know, he could have gave us a wee bit of a said, you know, like boy, stay out, whatever, till whatever, but just make sure you all come back together and you know, as long as you're all out in the training pitch, ready to train the next day, then you know, I didn't see a I didn't see a problem with it, you know. So, um, but yeah, but, but but when he came over to the county and spoken to Craig many times over the last sort of few years he's obviously down south and that now and mm-hmm. um, a lot of time for him um, really nice guy and um, you know had some some really good moments in his in his managerial career and, and, and that at Cali as, as well particularly the, the, the first season as we talked about mm-hmm. so there we have it the Copenhagen Five eh? well I think it was we were actually called the, the, the Farham Five I think the Farham the Farham uh, okay right the place was called Farham Park so uh, I think uh, Trevor Martin, the photographer, had taken a photo of the the five of us when we were out there, lined up against the wall, you know, and it was uh, the Farm Park Five. We were we were uh, known as you know, but 
you know, it wasn't going to be the the first time that we 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 had a we had a trip like that with the uh, away with 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 Cali. There was another one. <laughs> there was another one of similar in uh, in Italy as well when Charlie was was the manager. Was that Monte? Was that Monte Cantini? What uh, Monte Cantini? Yeah. Aye. Aye. So um, yeah, it was just again. It was it was one of them. We'd had the the, the a really hard week of training. Um, um, all our games were finished we were going to be training the next day and then we were going to get a night out that night because it was actually the World Cup final and Italy were within it oh of course I had one against France uh, eh? aye but we decided do you know what oh, let's just go down and have a few beers tonight uh, a night early so to speak so we knew there was an Irish bar Right, I guess a good walk away, maybe half an hour walk down the road. So I thought, we'll go down there, it's kind of out of the way, we'll be fine, we'll go down there, have a few pints. So the whole, more or less the whole squad went down. And then, again, got to about maybe 10 o'clock or whatever, and a few boys decided that was it, they were going to head up the road. Um, but quite a lot of the boys just, well, just, just, just stayed, you know. And uh, unbeknown to us, Charlie knew that the boys had went out. So in the square at Monte Catini, they were all like set up for uh, the big screen and all that in there mm-hmm. for the for the World Cup uh, for the for the following day. So Charlie and <laughs> Charlie had, had woken Doc and that up and Dave Brandy the physio and that and said, "Look, he says that, that boys are out. He says I'm going to go out and find them." So Charlie's and got Doc and all that white and he's headed off out of the hotel and I think he's seen I think he's seen I think it was Barbie Golly uh, Dennis and Baz I think I think there's four of them <laughs> coming up the road blazing <laughs> and he was actually hiding behind Dave Brandy the physio was telling me this like a year or two later or whatever they were actually hiding behind the big screen in the <laughs> in the in the square and seeing Dennis and Barry and Golly and Russell coming up the street and <laughs> banging on pub doors and that and whatever. And so Charlie's clocked and Charlie's fuming. Dave said he's just like, you know, I'm just going to go over there and you know they were actually having to hold them back. They were saying, you know, from going over. <laughs> so they so they thought that was it. They thought that was all that was out. So they went back to the hotel. And that was it. Of course. You know, we were out maybe another couple of hours after that. <laughs> so we come home, go well, back to the hotel, and then me and Liam Keogh are in one room, and uh, Golly and Granty are in the next room, but it's like a adjoining room, there's a door between the two rooms, so the phone goes in the morning, and uh, Golly comes through and he's like, that was Charlie on the phone, he wants me to come down and see him. He says, I think he knows that we were out last night, and I'm like, nah, how would he know I was like, come on, it won't be, it'll be about something else. He says, nah, he says, I'm telling you, I've got a feeling that he knows. So, Golly goes off down to, to meet Charlie in one of the meeting rooms and he gets there and Dennis, Barry and Russell are there. <laughs> so, so Charlie goes through them. Uh, obviously, Golly was the club captain at the time, you know, Dennis, one of our best players and Russell and Barry, you know, experienced players and that. So Charlie went through them and said, you know, I'm going to leave it up to you to decide how much to find yourselves or whatever. And he says, bring your running trainers with you uh, for training the day because you're going to be running, you know. So Golly and I come back up and they're like, knew it, knew it, fucking knew 
clocked us uh, being out like you know and we're like no way so they were saying that they were going to have to come up with a figure to, to find themselves in that so so we went out for training and uh, we jogged up to this like we sort of country park thing we were having a warm up and a stretch and that and then Charlie says right the boys uh, Golly Gra- uh, Golly Barry Dennis Russell over here on this line 40s and 80s you know <laughs> so, so just as he was about to start Liam goes uh, Charlie is this the uh, is this the line for the boys that were out last night and uh, Charlie says yep yeah, that's it yep yeah. and uh, Liam says oh well I better join this <laughs> I better join this line and all in and then it was like oh yeah I'll better join so then the next thing you know we've got like 15 16 boys all on the line you know and Charlie's face was just like he didn't know he, he just kind of went oh you know oh, well fair, fair, fair play he is for only that and that you know um, and then afterwards I obviously spoke to Charlie about that moment since and he was like honestly he says I didn't know whether to just like burst out laughing or just like completely lose the head he says obviously he says, I thought it was great that obviously he's owned up and like as a team you know you just uh-huh. were like you didn't want to see you know, four of your teammates getting punished when when you were you were just as, as equal to it, you know. So, um, but I am. So he, he did. He gave us he gave us a fair say, fair session that, that day. But to be fair, I mean, let us go out. He let us go out that night as well. I thought it was another incredible night. Just we obviously Italy winning the winning the World Cup. It was just absolute pandemonium in that place, you know. So. It was uh, it was one of the best 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 night outs we've, we've ever had. You know, I think boys were, there was boys going up and down the street and on the back of like uh, tractors and wearing Italy tops and it was just it was uh, it was absolutely crazy. Uh, but it was it was a really good a really good trip. But again, it was you know a sample of the sort of togetherness that yeah. that, that the team had. You know that you know I don't know if many teams would would do that sort of thing. You know what I mean? But um, we, 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 we were we were all in it as a team, and I think that's what kind of helped us. Yeah. Um, like you say, in that in that four year spell that we we had that great success, you know. Fair fair play, Charlie Christie as well, because many managers, most managers, would have said, right, you've had your fun last night. There's no way you're going to, but to let you have two nights on the trot as well, that's uh, that's fair play. I know absolutely. Um, I uh, yeah, I was fair fair, you know. Obviously, Charlie had liked a, a night out and that when he was a when he was a player and that as well, you know. So I think he had a, he had a good understanding, you know. Right. He did. See, when you're out in that, that pre-season trips, I mean, it's no it's, it's no holiday. Do you know what I mean? We're yeah. hard hard work, you know, and like hot temperatures and you know double sessions and you know you're going out there to to really work. So you know when you get the opportunity to maybe have a beer or you know, a bit of team bonding towards the end of the week then. Um, but like you say, he could have easily just said, that's it, he's aren't getting, he's aren't getting out. But I think, you know, we, we, we'd had a good trip. The boys had worked hard and um, I think, you know, he, 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 he knows himself. He's been in, you know, a uh, yeah. member yeah. of great teams himself, Charlie, and uh, he knows all about um, having that togetherness and, and, and what makes a team, you know, so... I think he appreciated that. Absolutely. So you leave Cali, you go to County, and I want to talk to you about Dundee because that's a very interesting season, season 9-10. You spend a year at, at Ross County. I think yourself and Sean Higgins, it was a kind of double, I remember Dundee announced it was a kind of double transfer. Yourself and Sean Higgins joined Dundee from Ross County. Um, 
talk to us about that season at Dundee. You spend a season at Dundee because that that was a real, well, it was an epic season. Cali, your old team, win the title that year, but Dundee were, were leading the way, and Dundee had so many players, um, so many fantastic players in that in that squad. Talk to us about your experience at Dundee that season with the likes of Rob Douglas and, and Lee Griffiths. Aye, well, I mean, the move to Dundee sort of came out of the blue a wee bit, because obviously I knew that Higgy was going there, and I knew that I wasn't going to sign another year at Ross County, and uh, to be honest, you know, you know, I, 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 no sort of disrespect to, to, to Derek and that, because, you know, I always got on sort of fine with him and that, but I just couldn't see myself being there for another year under him, you know, and they mm-hmm. offered me a deal, and it was the same deal, and it was no kind of... You know, it was just, it was almost like we're offering you a deal, but, you know, that's it. It's like, if you want to go, you can go stay. So I was like, well, you know, if there's something else comes up, then I'm going to take it. And then Higgy, obviously, Higgy and I are good mates, and Higgy had said to me, he says, oh, Jockey's been asking about you. Um, Says, would you be interested in going to Dundee? And I was like, aye, absolutely. So... I uh, spoke to Jockey on the phone and uh, met him down uh, at Brewer uh, with a chat for about half an hour or whatever and then that was it. I went down uh, a couple of days later and signed a, a, a two-year deal um, with them. And like you say, it was at that time where the guy, um, Melville, I think it was, mm-hmm. was sort of putting a bit of money into the club and we'd made some sort of big signings and the club were spending a lot of money. You know, we took Gary Harkins from... From Partick, we signed Wee Sparky. Um, you know, Colin Cameron was there, Darren Young. You know, Brian Kerr. You know, it was. You know, the squad was unbelievable. Uh, that we had big Jimmy Lachlan, uh, big Rab. You know, there was a uh, big Tony Bullock. You know, we had such a good squad and such a great group of boys, um, and obviously Jockey as well. Um, and things started off great. Um, everything was going really well. We had a good pre-season. We went over to Austria. We did a good, good uh, stint over there, and then we came back and started the, the season really well. Jeepsy, uh, Gary Harkins was on fire um, mm-hmm. at the start of the season, and, and we were just we were looking, you know, that you know we would we would go on to, to win the league quite comfortably, but um, you know then things there was a couple of things that kind of unsettled us along the way, you know, and. Um, I think round about the sort of Christmas time, winter time, they really pushed to get a game on at Dens, which shouldn't have shouldn't have gone ahead, and it was a home energy, and I think we lost the game, and then we had a bit of a a, a ropey spell, um, and then I think it was in fact it was Airdrie away, and it was Jockey's last game, but we were still we were still at the top of the league, um, and obviously. We were, we were on a little bit of a, a, a sticky patch, um, but nobody, nobody in the team was thinking, you know, panic stations, mm-hmm. you know, we need to change a manager or anything like that. I'm, I'm you know, 95% sure that everybody there was was happy with, with, with Jockey being there. Um, obviously, a lot of boys that maybe aren't playing as much maybe don't feel the same, but... I generally think that Jockey had that sort of respect that everybody kind of respected him and nobody was looking for a managerial change and then got a text from Big Rab that, that night after the Airdrie game saying that that was, that was Jockey that was, was gone um, 
it was a huge shock because again you know jockey signed me gave me a two year deal and you know thoroughly enjoyed my time working under him he was old school as anything mm-hmm. um, but just just a brilliant uh, brilliant coach um, and you know a, a nice guy as well you know he's fiery in that but it just it was just such an enjoyable time and like you say big characters in that dressing room experience you know guys like Mickey Cole Cameron and Big Rab and then we had the other end of the scare where we had like we Sparky Griffiths who was just you know just as raw as they as they come you know what I mean it was just but he just you could tell he just had that thing about him he just loved absolutely loved scoring goals I mean he would have just stayed out in the pitch all day just kicking balls at the net he just absolutely loved it but he was just he was raw on the park and he was raw off the park as well you know he just Mm -hmm. I remember one time, I think we were playing Ross County at home and he turned up late for a game. In fact, I think he turned up literally like five minutes before kickoff, and uh, he was going to be starting the game and uh, nobody knew where he was and they eventually turned up and uh, obviously that was a, that was a big game for us uh, at that time and I think he actually came on it. I think he came on at half time, but I think Big Rab had to hold him in the boot room. I think Big Rab went, went through him, you know. And obviously, you don't want to be on the end of anything from Big Rob, you know. <laughs> um, but um, I, but he just, I think with it, well, well, with Sparky at that time was, I think everybody knew that he had the, obviously the ability and that was mm-hmm. there and they, they, they didn't want to see him uh, sort of throw it away, you know, because obviously he's went on, uh, you know, delighted to see how well he's done um, over the years and... You know, I'm not surprised that he's scored the amount of goals that he has done because he's just an incredible, incredible finisher. Um, and you know what he's done at, at Celtic has been has been unbelievable. Um, you know, he missed a huge chunk of the season, obviously, um, and then just came back and like he hadn't been away and just you know you see how good a player he is. He obviously gets credit for all the goals he scored, but his overall link up play and everything's just. Progressed and then had two free kicks against, uh, against England. Right? Obviously, one of the, probably one of the best sporting moments for Scotland. You know, uh, unreal. So delighted to see how his career's turned uh, uh, turned out for him. You know, but obviously we're disappointed that that season. You know, obviously Gordon Chisholm uh, and Billy Dodds came in, mm-hmm. and uh, it was disaster right from right from the word word go. I mean, um, I didn't really know much about either of them. Gordon Chisholm or Billy Dodds to be honest with you mm-hmm. um, and they came in straight away and I think he had uh, Chisholm had did a bit in the paper saying that you know that we were we were overweight and we weren't fit and all this kind of stuff and we were like we're top of the league you know what I mean we were, so straight away and I think there was a few guys in the changing rooms who'd obviously worked under Chisholm and Dodds before Big, Big Lockie for example mm-hmm. he was when 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 Chisholm came in, like, and was having a chat with everybody, and that Lockie basically just put his hands up and said, "Listen, I know I'm not going to play. You've been me at Queen of the South, so I kind of see you giving me my, my chance and that here." And it just, you know, like I said, the whole situation just went from from bad to worse. Um, the boys just didn't didn't take to them uh, at all, and I'd like I got them like. Pretty much all the managers and everybody that I played with him, but mm-hmm. I just had no real relationship whatsoever in the short time he was there with Gordon Chisholm. I just 
I just found him quite strange to deal with. And I remember the you know the, a lot of us knew that we were going to be leaving at the end of the season, but I still had a year to go mm-hmm. um, on my contract. But I knew that I was like, you know, I don't fancy, I don't fancy staying here. You know, you can see what's going to happen. Like so, I think we'd had the the players doing all that on the. So it was at the Sunday night, the players played the year and all that kind of stuff. The big thing that was on at the Hilton, and then the next day was you know D day. It was like everybody was in the changing rooms waiting to get called through by the manager to see if you were getting kicked on or what was happening, you know. And uh, I never seen anything like it. It was just a big carry on, you know. Boys were still like half shot from the night before and that, and people were genuinely not that bothered that like they were getting told that they could go and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They were almost like, you know, it was, <laughs> when I look back now, I'm thinking it's absolutely crazy. And then you're just sitting there, you know, you've got like Paul Cameron and that guy's and you're thinking, you know, he's sitting here like a little schoolboy, you know, getting, waiting to get his name shouted to come through to see if he's getting kicked on or what's happening, you know? And then I got, and then I got called through and he's sat on his, in, in the desk sitting on the chair and he was side on to me looking up at a, a board the list of the, the players and that and he was like ah, he, he didn't look at me the whole time I was in there he just looked at his board and he said ah, he said uh, I'm just uh, obviously we, we're, you know we're going to have to make some changes in that for next season and you know and we've got quite a lot of midfielders in that here on the, on the thing we're going to have to trim the squad and that and um, you know so you know, what I would say is, you know, obviously you've still got a year left. He says, you know, you're happy to, you know, if you want to stay, stay. But, you know, you know, if you, if you, if you want to get your agent to see if you can get you something else, then that's all right. Never looked at me the whole time we were in there, just sat and looked at that board. And then mm-hmm. I just said, all right, cheers. And just got up and left. That was it. Bloody hell. So, but then little, you know, unbeknown to me at that time, that was when the club started to struggle, obviously, with administration, and, mm-hmm. and, and or, they, or they were just about to go into that. Um, and, and I didn't know this at the time, but you know, my mind was sort of made up. I'd always wanted to play abroad, and I thought, right, if I can get get the chance to, to, to go abroad, then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Like you know, so um, I managed to get um, a deal with. Uh, the team Ostersons mm-hmm. um, over in, in Sweden who've, who've had an absolute rapid rise up the leagues since when I was there I think they were in like tier 3 or 4 in the Swedish leagues when I was over there and they made it all the way up to the to the top league had an unbelievable uh, and Graham Potter was, was manager there for a while and yep. had huge success with them so, so I went over there Lee Makel was the manager mm-hmm. um, and it was strange though because I was joining I was in. Uh, I just came back from being big, uh, big guy, big, big Mighty Fraser. We'd we'd been in Cancun for a couple of weeks, um, and uh, all, all inclusive, you know. So we <laughs> we made the most of that. And then I know the type. To go, tried to go to Sweden, and then but obviously their season had started in in uh, March time, so so I went out there. So I, you know, I wasn't fit uh, at all, really, um, and started training with them and like the first game was in like, in, like a couple of weeks and that kind of strange kind of Sweden's a beautiful country obviously um, but like Alderson is like right 
smack in the middle of Sweden and it's such a long country now. Mm-hmm. Like, our closest away game was like four and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, here we go again with all this travelling, you know. And it was, you know, the artificial pitches and it was like summertime at time. Uh, they moved me into this apartment. I had no blinds or curtains or nothing. So it was just like daylight constantly and I just couldn't sleep or anything. And it was just, I wasn't enjoying it. And at the time that, uh, like, my girlfriend had just actually moved over to Malta prior to me just going to Sweden. So there was a break coming up in the season. I played a couple of games, but to be honest, there was nowhere near fit. And I was struggling a wee bit with an injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to see this out, and uh, so I decided to take with with, with a uh, let's say a two week break in the season, and I decided I would fly down to Malta uh, to see the girlfriend, see if she was settling in and that. And when I got down there, obviously uh, uh, Mark Holmes uh, was doing a bit of agency work at the time mm-hmm. out in Malta, and speaking to Holmes, he, he was out there when I when I went down, and he said, oh, he said I could have got you a club out here. Bother. He says, if you know, if you're still interested, then we could get something sorted. So I met that that week or whatever. I was down there. I met up with the, the manager of the Burnings in, uh, in Malta called uh, a guy called Mark Miller. Mm-hmm. Met him and he says, listen, if we can get a deal done, he says, I'll, I'll sign you, no problem at all. So, so long story short, I basically just like got back on a flight up to Sweden, got to the got to the stadium. Um, and went and spoke to me and says, listen, I'm, 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 uh, I'm leaving you out of the water. Obviously, I was not too happy at how it sort of came about, you know, but I was just at that point where I was like, ah, I actually don't care, do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm sort of fed up with all this sort of, you know, the, the bureaucracy and jumping about in clubs, you know, I just wanted to go somewhere that was, I would feel settled and, Obviously, at that time, I was on loan to the club in Sweden, and Dundee were going into administration. It was just a whole mess, you know what I mean? And it, it took a little bit of time to get it all sorted out. And I had to pay some, some some money of my own thing to get released from the contract and all this kind of stuff. But eventually, all set I was trying to all I was wanting from Dundee was my last month's wages, and it mm-hmm. took me, you know, a couple of months or whatever to to get that. But I say at that time I didn't know that they were actually going into administration so I you know I did get that sort of last month's pay but to be honest it was just a fantastic absolutely fantastic experience mm-hmm. um, being out there absolutely I loved everything about it um, obviously Big Ike came out as well and joined mm-hmm. one of the other teams Berkakara so um, he stayed just down round the corner from me so it was great having him out there as well um, but the team, you know, Hibs itself, uh, we, a bit of a, we ended up having a bit of a disappointing season, um, you know, for the sort of squad that we had in that. Um, and, you know, I was quite sort of honoured that they, they, they wanted me to stay on again because obviously they can sign only a certain amount of foreigners uh, each season, you know, and mm-hmm. obviously there's a huge market for, for, for players, you know, they get like, quite a lot of sort of Brazilian players and that go to Malta and, and things, so... Quite honoured that the the manager wanted me to to sign on again for the next season, but fortunately the the missus had to, to come back to Scotland for for work and stuff, so that was uh, sort of paid to my, my my time over in Malta. But um, it was great. I mean, the standard of football was 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 decent. Um, 
the weather was obviously great. Oof, um, the manager that we had, Mark Muller, I thought he was he was brilliant. I really liked him. Um, never heard of him before. Never came across him before. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was really good. Great attention to detail. Planned every training session that we had uh, in terms of you know the opponents that we were going to have on a Saturday. Um, just a really nice guy. Um, hard working and. It's tough, you know, the Maltese, because, you know, there's a lot of, it's well documented, there's a lot of corruption and stuff like that in the Maltese uh, league, you know, um, players taking taking money and all that kind of stuff, you know, and you, you just never know sometimes, you know, what, <laughs> what games, you know, there's just a lot of strange things that happen in Maltese football, but um, <laughs> that's sort of one of the things that you just had to, had to put up with, you know, yeah. um, but, you know, fans, you know, talk about passionate fans, you know, it was, they were just unbelievable, you know, okay. they come up to the training and, you know, they were, they were, they presented, me and Paul McManus were there at the, at the same time and, you know, they were presenting us with stuff when we first signed, uh, uh, just, you know, I still keep in touch with a lot of them, I've obviously got a lot of good friends still in Malta, we obviously got married there and um, it's, a, it's a place that's very special to me and, 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 and will remain that way, you know, and, uh, I'm certainly glad that I did that. I always wanted to, to at some point play abroad, and, and I was fortunate to get the to get the chance to do it in Malta. So you leave Malta now, as we mentioned right at the start. Ignore Wikipedia because you don't join Saudi Arabian side Etifak FC. I think someone's made that up. You you come back to Scotland as you mentioned there. A nice kind of end to the story because you're well. I know you started your career at Ross County, but you had those, those three years at Brora to come back to Brora um, and, and finish your career playing for, for the Cataks. But I think at that time, as I, as I mentioned, you know, uh, the, you know when you're at Brora, the Brora Rangers in the last couple of years have come on tremendously. And I think, do you come in at the same kind of time as Stephen Mackay? Uh, and, and kind of that's, that's the start of, of kind of Brora then, you know, kind of then starting to, to rise up and eventually going and win the league. Aye, there was a few boys, obviously, um, <clears throat> said that, um, Hindsy and that were there. Mm-hmm. You know, they were still trying to build, obviously, a team at that 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 point. You know, a goalie was obviously up there. Um, so the, my first season there, um, you know, we did all right. You know, but we we were we were still needing we were still needing a few players. Um, and then obviously Kirky came in, um, and and we got a, you know we got a few good boys in. Um, and then we, we, we kind of just sort of kicked on from them. Obviously, I knew, I, I knew Kirky quite well. He was a great, really good coach, uh, Davy, and, and Golly was uh, assisting him as well. So, um, aye, there was a little bit of pressure there because obviously there was a lot of hype around Brora at the time, you know. So, um, there was a little bit of pressure there. In fact, I probably felt more pressure to go and help Brora win the league than I did when I was with, with Cali, and mm-hmm. that sounds strange to say it, but it was just, I think because we knew how much, I mean, obviously I'd been at Brora when I was when I was younger, and, you know, there's a core group of fans there that, you know, I've been there, like, every game, every away game for the last however many years, you know, and so I knew how much, you know, winning the league would mean uh, to them, you know, so... I think the first obviously cup we won was the, the north of Scotland and we were playing there and so I remember thinking even for that game I mean that that was there was only a north of Scotland cup but I think I felt more pressure to go win that than any other game that I've ever played in right. 
but just because of the sort of significance of it, you know, because that's where I started my career and I knew what it would mean to the, the, to, to, the to the fans and stuff like that and the people abroad and whatever to get that to get that first trophy for a long time and, and then obviously to then go on in the, and, and win the league, obviously I, I'm disappointed because it was I missed the last few months of the the, the season because mm-hmm. I, I uh, burst my burst my knee down in in Baruri, I dislocated my kneecap, so um, I'd kind of decided that the end of that season would probably going to be my last season anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, just with you know the young young family starting, I was travelling a bit with work, and I just kind of felt that it was the the time to sort of say you know right, I need to just concentrate and, and you know take time with the family and stuff like that. And like I say, I'd never really had any bad injuries or spent any real significant time out of injuries at all during my career which you know was very thankful for some boys have had terrible injuries over the years um, so you know I thought and then when I did get the injury right at the end I thought yeah that's just a sign you know you just yeah. call it a day now so it was a little bit it's not how I would have wanted it to my, my, my career to sort of end in that way you know but still you know, obviously, great to finish it on a on a winning note and winning that first league and that for for Brora, which was which was tremendous. Because say there was a lot of pressure on the on the club. You know, there was a lot of things being said about them, and you know, they're taking this in and all that kind of stuff, and the boys that were bringing in. But you still need to go and win a league. You know, absolutely. I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's still a good a lot of good teams in, the, in in that league. You know, and Brora were doing no different to what clubs down Aberdeenshire way or whatever mm-hmm. have been doing for years anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, so it was it was good. It was great to be a part of it. Um, you know, still I still go up to games when I can, take the boys up and and see it again. You know, it's I'll always be very thankful for the opportunity that I had to go to grow up when I was younger. It was hundred percent. It was the the, the making um, of me because, like I say, when I went there, um, you know, I was still a little bit raw, but I knew that I had to. The ability to, to, to maybe go full time. I always remember one thing that always sticks out. Probably with one of the sort of best pieces of advice I've ever been given by anyone in football, and it was I think it just won like the Young Player of the Year or whatever for for Broder or whatever. And uh, I don't know if you know Jockey Mackay from from away, but. He uh, jockey was a wee sort of tenacious midfielder, you know, mm-hmm. fiery and just got stuck right in about everybody. And he uh, he was speaking to me, and obviously I was delighted. I was thinking I was doing great at Broda and you know I was scoring goals and I was winning awards and all this kind of stuff. And he put his arm around me one night after a few beers and said, he, he says, listen, he says, you know, he says you've got, he says you've got great ability. He says, but you don't play enough with that. And he was pointing pointing to my heart. He was like. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't play enough for that, and at the time I was like, <laughs> you know, I was offended. I was kind of like, what? What do you mean? Do you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and then when I actually went, when I actually absorbed it and thought about it, what he was trying to say to me was at that time was that, you know, I didn't really go and impose myself on games um, the way I should be. I was quite happy to sort of just kind of play on the fringes a wee bit and do my do my thing every now and again and score a nice goal here or you know play a nice pass here but mm-hmm. 
you, I think it, this was his way of telling me that you've got the ability, but you need to go out and show it and impose yourself on games. And that, that as hard as it was for me to hear that at the time, and like I say, I took a little bit of offence to it at the time. I was a bit like, you know, what are you talking about kind of thing? Um, and then ever since then, that, that totally changed how I went out and approached, approached games. And uh, that, that stayed with me. Um, all the way, all the way through my my, my, my career, um, that always always stuck in my head. That's great, great constructive feedback, isn't it? And it's a it's a fitting end to the career that you you go and win the the title with Brora. As I said, you obviously you know start your career at Ross County, but but that Brora experience as a youngster to then kind of kickstart your career, it's fitting that you 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 bring the curtain down in style, if you like, by winning winning the or being part of the the title winning squad. Uh, Richie, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you this evening. Um, fantastic to look over um, a career that, you know, as we said at the very start, played for the the top, the top two clubs in the area. The Dundee season, which you know is a is an incredible season um, at any any level because of you know, what happened in the characters. But uh, it's been great to get an insight into those those foreign trips with Callie Thistle as well. Uh, thank you for your time. As I say, it's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing memories. Thanks, uh, nah, no problem, Ian. Thanks very much for uh, for having me on the show. Great stuff. Cheers, Richie. All the best.